0: I'm your host, Coach Penn, along with the world's greatest co-host, Professor Haas. Today we shed light on America by confronting the myth of the majority absentee Black father. We are here, we have assumed our responsibilities to our families and communities, and we are leading by example. We have not gone anywhere. I'm gonna allow our guests to introduce themselves. You know, we're thankful for having you guys on for this open forum. You know, hopefully it's excuse to ignite, educate, motivate, you know, and like I say, keep the world and the nation on notice that we are here, despite the stereotypical media out- outlets, you know, we just don't need, uh, we don't, we don't need a, a pat on the back because we're too busy working, get what I'm saying? So welcome, fellas.
1: Hey, first off, thank you for having me. What's up, gentlemen? Sure. Hi, my name is Lonnie Allen. It's currently in Atlanta by way of Detroit. I'm a father, son, all of the above. Looking forward to
2: this. I'm Stefan Boogie Johnson. From DeSoto, Texas, play receiver, uh, University of Oregon
3: committee. Good Stefan Johnson, uh, dad, brother, father. Uh, <clears throat> I am currently in Dallas by way of St. Louis, Missouri. And thank you guys. It's an honor to be a part of this podcast. Appreciate you guys.
4: For sure. Oh. Yo, what's going on with Marcus Brands, son of Lottie Allen. I'm a receiver, and I'm committed to West Virginia Wesleyan College. Hey, I'm Marcus Wheaton,
5: uh, dad, coach, mentor, motivational speaker up here in Phoenix.
6: Appreciate the invite. Yeah, Marcus Wheaton as well. Um, yeah, for sure. A former athlete, former professional athlete, um, full-time daddy.
0: Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. such a pleasure having you. Yeah. Hey, hey fellas, so just a little insight. Today, uh, LaMarcus, Marcus, Boogie, you know, uh, you guys are and will be consistently interviewed, you know, about yourself. You get what I'm saying? And about all the great things that you accomplish, and you know, how you do, you know, great for your community, how, you know, you are an example uh, for, for the community and for our culture and, you know, everything great about you all the time, but the building block came from somewhere. So today we honor your fathers. You get what I'm saying? So, yes, sir. fellas, I just want to commend you on an incredible job that you guys are doing. You are forever active. You know, there is no missing you. You get what I'm saying? This show is about inspiration and motivation, and that's what you guys continuously do on your platforms. So, salute here. against from A$AP Elite, we thank you.
1: Thanks, man. I'm I'm (laughs) still learning the podcast mannerisms, man. (laughs) Yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so stereotypical media and statistics show that we are absent, despite the fact you get what I'm saying. Like I said, a lot of times we don't need the accolades or a pat on the back, you say, because we're too busy working and doing what we were ordained to do. You get what I'm saying. So, in our communities, uh, there are. You know, fathers missing from homes for different reasons, whether it's political, you know, uh, or you know, different reasons. You get what I'm saying? But it's guys like us in a community that have picked that up. First of all, Coach Wheaton, I would like to you to speak about the importance of community and the need for community, you know, in our culture. And maybe the difference, how how different it was from back when you were coming up. To how it is now.
5: Well, I think, you know, everybody on the panel that's that's close to my age will probably understand where I'm coming with this. But I wanted to first say something about statistics and dealing with the subject matter that we're on. Um, You can have two different groups, right, that can have one one subject matter and come up with two separate statistics. right? Right, Right. And they have proven fact to show why both those statistics are right. Mm-hmm. You know, black father hasn't gone anywhere. I think you you got missing fathers in every every community, but it's going to be exploited more in our community because right. you know, we it, it, we rely on that. And I say that because if you take you take an athlete or kids in Texas, right? Anything in the center of the continent, center of the, of the of the of the nation. Atlanta, the south, you know, kids are born with morals and values and You know, yes, ma'am, no, sir. Um, You know, they they sit down to dinner, have wholesome dinners. The further you move from that center to the coast, Hmm. Florida's, New York's, California's, you start to lose a lot of family environment, right? So growing up in Inglewood, you know, I didn't have a dad. My dad wasn't in my life. And I had a single mom. But my mom was my dad. And someone may say, oh, you can't do it without a dad. Yeah, you can. It, it, you know, grandma's been raising us for many years. You know, mom's been raising us for many years. And the value system is what kept a lot of our kids in check. When you had them values there, you don't have them values anymore. The values aren't being taught anymore. Respect level is not being taught anymore. So, you know, when I raised my kids, you know, I was a 24-hour dad. It wasn't no taking no time off. But in that same sense, you, you also a dad and uncle to, you know, a whole neighborhood of kids who dads may not be there. So one of the things that we take away from that is and the differences is if, if I got in trouble down the street at Miss Sally May house, I'm going to get spanked at Miss Sally May house. (laughs) When I got home, I'm going to get a whole nother spanking. And that was all right. Nowadays you're going to have people, you know, don't have a problem with you touching their kids. I don't want to talk too long, but I want to make this point. You take five families, you take a, a Latino family, you take a Spanish family, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. European, doesn't matter. Uh, uh, doesn't matter. Take five families. Within those five families, you got five families that have to stay in one house, right? The Mexicans, all them five families are going to work to help one buy a car, work the next one buy a car, work the next one buy a car. Then they gonna work. Next we get a house. They gonna work. They all gonna work together, and they gonna they gonna they gonna rock it, right? So they're all doing well. Same thing gonna happen in the other races. Us black folks, we gonna argue and shoot each other over who drank the last of the Kool Aid, who wore my pants last week, who we don't uplifting each other. Where do those values come from? Most of the time, the elders. We don't have that anymore. You know that. So so when we, we we try to fix the problems that are in Chicago. We try to fix the problems that are in South Central. You know, some of the bad areas, you try to fix the, co- the problems in, 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 in Central Florida, our communities, you're going to run across the same plight. There are dads there, and there are a lot of kids like Marcus Wheaton, Markai Wheaton, Marquise Wheaton. You know, a lot of kids growing up, taking care of their families and doing the same thing we did. They may change a little bit, but they still stick to the same morals. If you, any one of you seen my kids in the street, you're going to come back and say, man, and they don't even know you. You gonna say that was a well-mannered guy, because it ain't what they do at home. It's what they do in the street, and they represent that last name. Our last name, I look at it as a brand. I uplift it. I hold it out there. I want people to know when I meet people, I'm Wheaton, because I want it to mean something. That that's not happening now, you know, in the black community and our kids. That's not happening. Dads aren't teaching that, because some of them weren't taught that, and I think that's where, you know, our start needs to. Our plight needs to start. That's the beginning of the race right there. You, you, you want to identify one major thing. That would be it. You fix that problem. That fixes a whole wealth of other problems in the community. You know, but when you ask me the question of what was different family values, what we hold, what we, what we, what we sincerely believe doing right because it's the right thing to do, taking care of kids down the street, even though they're not your kids. You know, I think that, I think most of the panel will agree, but that is the most important aspect.
7: Absolutely, that village concept. Absolutely,
5: That village concept. Show me a village. Any city you go to, we travel with USA Track and Field for many years. I wanted to go to the black side of town. I want to go eat their food. I want to go buy their clothes. I want to, I want to smell their neighborhoods and see what's going on in their neighborhoods. Their neighborhoods ain't no different than ours. Ain't no different than where we grew up at. My kids had a tough in South Phoenix, but they knew they better be home for the sun. Came down, okay. What nobody else was doing. One thing right. I think helped my kids were they learned at a young age you're only gonna be, you get me, you're only gonna be as successful as the people that you had around me, right? And Marcus is on here. There's been several times when he had friends, I'm like, nah, we ain't rocking with him, right? And they didn't understand why.
0: Hey, hey, so, so Marcus, just to piggyback off that, you know. Let's show some appreciation to pops, you know, what were some values that he instilled to you and you, but I'm sure it just didn't stop with you and your siblings, you know, also your brothers and your friends that, you know, needed a positive father role model around, and he was able to pick that up and instill that in them. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so
6: um, as he mentioned, we had a lot of friends. So he coached, he coached us through Pop Warner. He coached us all the way up, right? So while we were young, all the kids was, all, all my homeboys, all, all my teammates was always at our house, right? Anytime any of those kids needed something, it was my dad buying it. Anytime um, we had to travel when they couldn't afford to travel, they either roll with us or he's paying for, for flights, right? Um, so I think that, and even now talking to a lot of those guys now that we're adults, a lot of those guys still look up to my dad. A lot of those guys have had uh, tough, tough upbringings, right? And they still extremely respect and uh, and appreciate
0: what he's done. I can almost guarantee all of our stories are similar to that about our fathers. You get what I'm saying, or Boogie, you know, uh, Marcus. You get what I'm saying. Uh, my, my nephew's over there in Juicy with Hassan. It's the same exact way, you know. And that's the formula in our community. You know what I'm saying? When, we, when we're needed, we're there to pick each other up. You know what I'm saying? In any form uh, that, that. Now, now, alternatively, I was raised by a single father. You know, so. Majority of my friends were raised by single mothers, so they automatically, uh, my my buddies automatically, um, you know, attracted to myself differently because of the fact that they actually saw, you know, uh, a Mister Wheaton, you know, a Mister Johnson, you know, Professor Hoxalani, you know, and my father being Robert Penn, you know. So definitely, I uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from, and it also helped those people, you know, uh, and mold them for the future and who they became. And Marcus, those same friends that you're talking about, I can almost guarantee, I'm just stepping out on a ledge that they continuously thank your pops. You know what I'm saying? or always bring up your pops or ask about pops. You know what I'm saying? Because they appreciate you know, for filling that void. 100%, and it's, and it's crazy
6: because every time I see a friend that I ain't talked to in, in 15 years, you know what yep. I'm saying, back from Pop Warner, that's the first thing they ask. And I just seen somebody recently at the mall, man, how, how, uh, how Coach Wheaton doing?
7: Yeah.
6: I ain't talked to Coach Wheaton in a long time, how he doing? I, I promise every time, that's the first thing they're gonna ask me, you know what I'm saying? Because he has such an impact on their life. Um, obviously I lived with him, you know what I'm saying? So he, <laughs> I feel like, um, literally, literally every, everything that I've been able to do throughout life Um, obviously my mom did a lot for me, Mm
7: -hmm. uh,
6: but as far as my mindset and how I think and how I move, um, that, that came from my pops, right? That came from my pops. My confidence came from my pops. Um, my, the, the thing I think he gave me that was most important was, uh, um, my ability to solve problems. Yeah, right, I came out, I tell this, this story all the time, I came out, um, we supposed to go to a track meet out in, I think California or something, right, we yeah. probably, probably 12 years old, something like that. Um, I'll come outside and we're going to drive, right, so we'll all load up the car, drive to California, right, I'll come outside, he has the engine to the car on the ground, we <laughs> supposed to leave the next morning,
0: Yeah.
6: right, i come outside like, like daddy, you know how to, you know how to put that back in? Do you know what's wrong with the car?" You're like, nah, yeah. <laughs> he like scratches it, nah. I was like, you know, we got a track meet on, you know what I'm saying? I think it was regionals, matter of fact, and I'm, I'm having a hot season. I know I'm finna go on to win nationals. I cannot miss this track meet and I'm stressing. I come outside, the whole engine is on the ground. Pops was going on, I'm talking to moms. Moms, daddy took the engine out of the car. We can't go to the track meet, right? So I wake up the next morning, he packing up the car, the car outside running, right? And from that, <laughs> that moment right there, my mind was blown, right? Like, how did you figure out how to, but as a kid, me seeing him do that multiple times, no matter what it is, he never called nobody to fix nothing,
0: Yeah, for sure. Right?
6: He always did everything or figured out how to do everything on his own. And I think that, um, that, that carried a lot of weight with me as a kid. That's right, and that that helped me. Whether I'm a uh, third string, just getting to college, like this is a problem I need to solve. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm right. I'm, I'm facing something in school that I don't know what the hell going on. I got to turn this paper in, and I don't know what they talking about. Or you know what I'm saying? This is a problem that I need to let's figure this out, or let's reach out to him and talk to him and pull these strings and connect these dots and da da da, and figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So um, that specifically is something that I feel like went a long way with me and helped me get to um, the, the heights that I reached, you know, um, in life. That's good
7: stuff because, I, you know, when you talk about the whole village aspect, right? You know, I grew up around the, the village aspect. And, and before I even get started, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Tyrone Hollins, to Kenny Edwards, to okay. Tay McCraney, to David Gibson, Randy Clark, and I. not to, Put him above her, but the thing is, is probably one of the biggest influences, uh, Anthony Travis, who's my uncle, and uh, has definitely uh, been a part of that village to help to raise me as someone who lost my biological father at four years old. And so, the, the question I want to pose, I, I want to take stay on this whole village thing, and um, and uh, Mr. Johnson, I, I'd like to start with you, and then Lonnie, we can go to you, but I'd like to have uh, you speak about how that 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 village aspect, and then um and then the, the aspect or the the way that your son saw it, and then we'll move on to the to the next father and son.
3: Well, for me, uh, being raised and born and raised in St. Louis, you know, I, I was actually adopted by my great aunt. So my biological mother and father weren't around. So I, I wasn't raised with, with either of them. I didn't meet my biological mother until I was 12. And I met my biological father maybe twice before he passed. Uh, so I was literally a part of that, that village. I learned, you know, how to play sports in the hood. Um, you know, the, the older guys in the hood taught me, you know, uh, coaches. It was uh, a part of that village mindset. I, I grew up in a neighborhood where if something happened down the street, you know, most of the time it was my family members because my family members were, you know, pretty much, uh, huge part of my my neighborhood. So it was you get caught doing something, of course everybody know you you're a part of that family was gonna always get back home, you know. Right. So as I got older, you know, my parents did not they were too busy working for me to, you know, for me to say, hey, you know, can y'all come watch me play? They were like, no, we got work to do. We gotta feed you, you know. So they were never at any of my, my, I started boxing first and then tracking foot, but I did everything, you know, by myself, uh, went to practice, you know, they went and paid, but they were like, you want to, you want to do it, you know, find your way there. So I, I understood that importance of, you know, going to work. And as I got older, not having that, that guidance from, you know, parents, I said, you know, I any kid that I run across, I would always make sure that when I'm an adult, I will give them everything that I can to help assist them in their, in their dreams. Um, You know, and one one mistake, well, one lesson I learned early, I had kids early. Then I moved away to play football in in Houston at TSU. So I I wasn't there uh, in the state with my kids. I went home as often as I could, but my, my younger kids, I wasn't that I raised them, you know, physically as much as I wanted to. So I learned a lot from that. So as I got older, you know, having kids uh, really made me focus on just trying to do the best and be the best that I can for my kids and any kid that I could run across in in the neighborhood. Uh, And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where you kind of gravitate to coaching because you love being close to the sport and, it's, you know, just becomes, you know, then you become a part of everybody else's extended village.
0: Right, good stuff. Hey, hey, uh, let me uh, interject right quick. Hey, hey, Boogie Too Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <man.
7: laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, I wanna hear your, hear what you have to say. Yeah, but hey, hey, man, I've been watching you. Yeah.
2: Congratulations, young man. Thank you so much.
0: I, I see all the hard work, you know. Graduation, the training, you know, and I see it paying off, you know. But sure. one thing I also see just as much as you is that gentleman right there. Yeah. Right on. Take your time. Take, take take the opportunity. Show some show, show some love to your old man.
2: Uh, so this is oh man, I got. Oh, up he's for sitting that. up for this
0: one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's it's a lot of things that that I've that I've done that I've been a part of that you know it, without my dad I wouldn't be able to to do you know me playing football at a young age I started playing football at four years old running the track at three it was all because my pops man he he was the reason why I'm here today like in no trainers no nobody can just say that they put their hands on me like my dad did you know. You know, that's that's my legacy. I carry out my legacy through him. We got the same name. You know, he plays sports, and I'm just trying to be the best that I could be for him and my family, you know, and he has always been there for me my whole life. Growing up, every game, never missed a game with the camera out. I always got his camera, you know, he's filming everything. He's there. He's just always, you know, he's focused in on – you know, helping me out and making sure that I have everything. If he didn't have it, he made sure that I do. If I needed something, make sure that I have it. And this was anything and everything. Growing up, you know, sometimes we, we moved a lot. You know, I moved in a lot of cities. So I just had to adapt to where, I just had to adapt to the city that I was in and just make new friends and stuff like that. And he showed me that, that you could be, be yourself around anybody. So, me at a young age, I was always that kid that had a lot of energy, had a lot of, you know, I stood tall. You know, I always had my my charisma. And so, it's just, man, it's like, my dad, he always been there. You know, it's it's a lot of kids that I grew up with that didn't have a father in their life to where my dad was there and he could help them. You know, I lost a lot. I lost a lot of friends growing up. I lost a lot of friends recently, so... My dad was like, "That's who I go to. That's that's my best friend." You know, we we might argue, we might you know fight here and there about me not wanting to work out this and that, but I understand that everything he does, literally everything that he does, is at the best interest for me. So he, you know, I you know I love him to death, and you know, I I wouldn't be here without him so I could not really explain it. Oh,
1: man. Hey, you did that? good job explaining.
2: Hey, it, you're all right. right, sound like hey, to me. More,
0: more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. We got you all the way through, every one of you. Uh now, Professor Haas, I didn't mean to be rude, but I kind of jumped over your question. I, I thought it was time together. Can you pose that same question Lonnie?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, the thing is 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 we all we've been talking about um villages right and and the thing is is you know being an elite athlete or raising an elite athlete is is something honestly that takes a village especially when you're talking about the coaching aspect and so uh Lonnie if you don't mind you know talk about um that particular aspect as it as it pertains to to your 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 raising of your son and then I'd like to hear from Marcus
1: yeah so um you know grew up similar uh grew up in Detroit um large family. On my mother's side and my dad's side, large family. But the, the single person that had the most effect on me was my mother. Um, my dad and I, we got a beautiful, great relationship right now. Both the grand boys, he got good relationships with them. But when I was coming up, was, we had a disconnect. Uh, you know, my, my mother and father had me when they were 19, 20. So my dad had that you know, the young mentality a little bit growing up, which when I was younger, I had a lot of animosity. Um, But as I got older and kind of understood that the perspective and and challenges that he faced, you know, not everybody handled everything the same way. And that was one of the aspects of life that kind of motivated me to make sure that as I got older, I did handle things the right way. Um, So when I became a dad, you know, I'm a stepdad, the Marcus, my stepson. Uh, we first met when he was five. You know, we, we had a, uh, kicked it off, great relationship. We, we connected. Um, you know, I had maturing that I needed to do uh, before, you know, I finally settled down. Uh, his mother straightened me out. You know, I settled <laughs> down and- uh, Women you know, have a
7: way of doing that, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but our relationship, you know, was golden. You know, he played sports. And then he came to me one day on his own. because You know, I played sports growing up and told me that, hey, you know, he wanted to train. He wanted to be something. And when we had that first conversation, I let him know that, you know, it wasn't going to be easy. You know, you just have to make some sacrifices. He was with it since day one. And he's been with it to this day. Um, You know, so I want to give that impression to him. Always that. And I've told him this, that. Me and his mom, we're living for him and his brother. He has a four-year-old brother that looks up to him. And I want to make sure that I'm being that role model for both of them. But most of all, he needs to be that role model for his little brother. You know, I, I can go on and on about my childhood, but that's, that's a different story. You know, we, we, you know, we all have, make sacrifices, and I learned a lot through trial and error. I just say that. So I'm trying my best to make sure that he doesn't have to go through much error in life.
0: Hey, let me add on to this, uh, Lonnie, and explain to people who you are. You know, a lot of times, you know, we get on these platforms, on these shows, and, you know, we put out and we depict to people what we want them to see. You know, uh, you and I met, maybe 20 years ago now. You know, I'm eight. I'm putting some age on us. Yeah. From the beginning, you were that person. You were this person. <laughs> I'm saying the real deal.
1: So, so, so I played sports coming up, um, but I didn't have the influences uh, that, you know, these guys got right now, as far as taking college serious, uh, you know, the opportunities that I could possibly set up for myself, you know, so I kind of, my route was different. Um, and I had to learn and accept that my route, is my destiny and it was meant for something else. So, you know, I met Rob playing sports, playing football. You know, I played receiver corner. You know, we had a lot of good competitions going back and forth. I took pride in not letting anybody catch on me. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was very few players that can do that. You know, Rob would get me when we practicing, but you know, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. Uh, that mentality that we oh. always had. Yep. Um, so, you know, because I wasn't able to do the sports route and I wasn't able to, to, to go that route. You know, I often looked at cats that I played against or that I knew that did go that route and some made the league. And I always, you know, used to wonder, but it wasn't, it wasn't for me to just sit and dwell and, and play the what if game. So, you know, I, currently I got, a, I got a 20 year career uh, in the sports industry um, through two different sports clubs. Um, you know, senior manager position that I've been making a name for myself and, and steadily growing in that profession. And that's, that's part of, the, of my story that Lamarcus knows. That's, that's part of the trial and error that he knows, you know. Yeah. I'm giving him all the tools that I didn't have. Oh, because man. when it's time for him to step up and he has his family, I wanna make sure that the tools that he get from me and the tools that he get from Rob and any other mentor that comes in his life, he's able to, to, to have his own shed and be able to pull every tool he needs out when it's time. Okay. Well, well.
0: Now, uh, Lamarcus. Lamarcus is. Uh, let me introduce Lamarcus to you. Like I say, uh, both you, both, both the young cats, class act guys, man. You know, I see you guys and I see you guys being an example for your age group. You know, and uh, that's dope. You know, everybody, you know, when we're young, we want to be that person. But, it, you know, that, that, hat, that hat gets kind of heavy sometimes. I understand it. But, you guys, I see your focus. You know what I'm saying? I see your grind. But uh, LaMarcus is the host of our new show, ASAP Elite Next Up Edition, which comes out tomorrow. So besides him going on to college this fall, you know, he is also took on that responsibility. You know, but I've been here, like I say, and I I know who his father is, you know. And so, you know, I I, I see, uh, you know, I see Lonnie reflecting in Marcus.
4: Marcus, your turn. (laughs) So, I was going to start by saying, like, I love this man to death, bro. Like, he really just came into my life and just, like, completely changed my mindset and everything. Like, when he came into my life, like, my worth ethic changed, like he said. Like, we start going to the field and all that right away, and like I just start grinding extra hard. And like he just, I don't know if he realizes it, but even when I go out, like for the, to the barbershop, for example, like they just they talk about this man all the time and just like how great of a person he is, and just even my friends I ask like how he's doing and all that, and because he just you know he's a great person, he's a role model to like me and all my friends. Like he'll he'll sit down and talk to my homeboys, like he's like their father. So he just, he plays a great role model on that. And he's just, he's always been for me at everything. Like he's, uh, he just does, like he sacrifices his time all the time. He'll come, from, he'll come home from work mad late and I'll ask to throw the ball around just cause I need the extra work and he'll do it. Even if he's really tired. So like he said, he really does live for me and my brother Like, he'll be real tired, like I said, and he'll just spend time with us. And, like, I feel like that's really important because, like, not everyone has that. So I just – I really thank him for that for real and just, like, everything he instilled in me. Oh, man. Good Good
0: stuff. Hey, now, uh, I just want to take the time, uh, you know, to also call out someone that's been a mentor, you know, my entire life, you know, and I I have been uh, blessed to be in – Born in his family, you know, someone that I look up to and has always, you know, been a mentor to me and led by example, uh, Professor Haas, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) What advice would you give uh, the next generation of fathers? We're going to start the roundtable on that, giving advice back to our communities. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up.
7: Uh, you definitely caught me off guard with that, uh, Coach Rock, Coach Penn. Um, you know, I know for me, um, I've, I've always believed in that village. You know, because I was raised by a village, and um, you know, I I, I, I kind of take from the school of uh, of Coach Wheaton because not only and um, and then also I think um, Coach Johnson uh, said that as well. Is you know, I grew up without a father and had. People who saw something in me and decided to latch to, to to allow me to latch on and latching on to the fathers of my uh, friends and family and things of that sort. Well, the thing is, is now as a father, right, uh, an active father. You know, when when there's an issue at the school, daddy's up there. They're not used to seeing daddy up there at the school. They they used to they used to like, well, let's call his mom. No, 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 we need to call his dad. Mm-hmm. And so I, I make sure that I'm present in my in my child's life. And one of the things, the biggest things that I have to understand, because uh, and I've run into this before as I help uh, other uh, children uh, or who you know who, who I happen to come in contact with, is even as a father, um, I do allow other fathers, especially the men that I respect, to have influence on my child, and I'm and I'm okay with that. You know, we we we're very connected to our church. There's a lot of men. That uh, that I have high respect for, that my son may go and talk to them about something, and 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 I'm okay with that because I know the company that or or the 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 caliber of men that I keep my child around. And so, what I would say to anyone who's listening, um, you know, who who has children, it you know, when you know the men that you're around, because it's it's about the company you keep. I think somebody talked about that as well. Um, you know, you want to uh, allow allow other great men to impress upon your child it doesn't have to be just you but in order for your child to be the best you you can be or best them they can be is you know they, it definitely is going to come from you but allow that community that you built for them to also have that impact
0: right amen uh, uh, so coach Wheaton.
7: hey i i love
5: that you know i i uh you know, my cloth is a little different i i grew up in you know, the projects here in Phoenix at two, three years old and moved to Jordan Down Projects in, in uh, L.A. and then moved to Inglewood, you know, Garvey Street, then moved on to South Phoenix. I mean, uh, Southeast Diego, which is all the same, gang violence. My mom died when I was 17, 16, 17. You know, I'm on my way to, you know, Arizona State or U of A. I mean, I had a lot of offers then, but you know, my mom, I watched my mom die my whole junior, senior year. Now me and my brother are homeless. So when I started to develop what I can tell, you know, dads that are coming up, there ain't no manual to this. Right. Young guys, there ain't no manual to this. God is going to put it in your heart for the direction you need to take because 90% of the kids I grew up with are dead. Right. So when I made sure that, You know, my mom made sure that God was in full effect with us. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't no no half, we ain't half in and half out when it comes to integrity and respect. My mom was the type of mom that'll give it to you. She don't care (laughs) who you with. And, And her resolve for making sure that you understood the respect for the woman was even higher. That's one of the benefits of being raised by a mom. Mm-hmm. But then, when it's time to knuckle up, she'll be the one locked the door when you try to run home because them dudes is chasing you. No, you go out there. You must
7: know the Travis. They, I'm, they must be cousins or something. Hey, hey, <laughs> there it is.
5: There. But one thing, one thing, man. When I, when I, you know, I found God, and I, I really pushed that. You know, I ain't half in and half out with that. And I made okay. sure my kids understand that. So when my boys get to college, what's the first thing they do when they hit the campus? They're looking for a church to go to. Not because mom and dad making them, but because they want to. God is going to be the dictator of where you go. And you you got to let God press your buttons on what roads you are going to travel. People doing all this moving around and it ain't working. You know why it's not working? Because God ain't driving. Right. When I became a dad, I was supposed to go, I'm thinking Oregon State behind Gary Payton. 40-inch vertical, 10-2, 10-3, 100-yard with no shoes on. I had no mm. talent. But I had no direction. I had nobody to say come in when the street lights was out. You know me? 13, 14, I'm driving stolen cars with guns. There was no direction for us, and there's still no direction. So, obviously, the best preacher for change is someone who's been there and went through the change. Yes, sir. I didn't know there was a wealth of Wheaton's here. There wasn't no village. There's a wealth of Wheaton's. I had people that I didn't know. My mom knew and they get their butt. But when I got to Phoenix and saw other Wheaton's, It has to be God because I'm walking the same path they're walking, but we started in different different areas. So when I have my son, my first son, I'm in college, I ain't thinking about basketball no more. I ain't thinking about track. I'm not traveling. I'm not going to be the weekend dad because I I didn't have a dad. My plight at that point became I'm going to be the best dad I can be. Absolutely. Right? I'm going to be the best dad. Not, not not, coach, not men, I'm going to be the best dad. That's my number one mark now. I'm supposed to be at basketball games. I'm, dry, I'm, I'm going to see my son. Nothing else mattered. And the reason I say that is because God gives you a blessing and he gives you a path. That blessing is that son. That blessing is that daughter. It's your job based on him telling you, you got to get him where he got to go. Oh, signing with Oregon, signing with those colleges, that's a, 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 a tip in the bucket of where you're going. Right. But you know when you know you've done well, when your sons grow up and they mimic a lot of things that you taught them, they're family men. and are not players they're in the league. They got money. They're making millions. They're investing. They're still driving the same car they 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 they, they drove in college. Yeah. If you see him, any one of my sons, both my sons made the league. When you see one son, you you won't, you won't know he's in the league. He's gonna be humble as pie because that's what we were raised on. Mm -hmm. I had a grandmother that enforced it like Godfather. So my advice, not only to the young dads, but to these young, two young guys going right now, is, you know, the world is a blank canvas for you. It's blank, it's totally blank. Every strike you make on that canvas is your strike. You can't blame it on nobody else. That's your pen. How you write it is how it's going to end for you. You get me? So when I give seminars, I use my family as an example. I'm not, not talking and I'm preaching it. I use them for an example because my boys and my kids, they're my best friends. All the people I know, all the people that, that I want to talk to them every day, I want to smell them every day, I want to see them every day. Why? Because that's my manifestation in God saying you did the right thing, you're doing it right. So right. When I see him feed the homeless, when I see him buy all these turkeys after the league is done, ain't no more trying to get the press on it. They're doing that because they want to. Right. When I see him put stuff in his in his jeep and drive with his little son to give food away to the, that is the manifesta- manifestation saying, Marcus, you did something right.
7: That's right.
5: Every one of us is born with a plan. Yes. Every single kid, yes. every dope, you're born with a plan. Yeah. If you follow that plan, in the end, you're gonna be where you need to be. Okay. You don't follow that plan, it's tough. Yeah. And me and my sons, we 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 all we have some tough roads. Yeah. We ride together. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, coach. You know, we didn't we we have some tough roads, man. So, you know, to wrap it up, not to keep it, my, my advice, man, is just one thing. It's an easy, simple plan. Just be the best dad you can be based on your morals. That's it. Just be the best dad you can be.
0: We're going we're gonna to pass the mic. Coach Jay. what is your advice for young brothers coming up behind you, man? And uh, We'll be fathers and experiencing things that they never have before with pressures that they never have, with situations that's going to see, what they're made of and who they are. You get what I'm saying? It's gonna really test them as a man. You get what I'm saying? As a uh, as a, a follower of the Lord, you get what I'm saying? And everything that you're supposed to do, standing up as a father. Oh, you on mute, Coach. All
3: right, sorry about that. So everything the gentleman uh, before, spot on. Um, really can't add a whole lot more to it but i will say that our as as fathers as young men as as black men our greatest ability is availability um as far as being there for our kids as much as we can not consuming ourselves so much with trying to make a living you know i I want you know of course we want to make a living but not to the extent of I can't raise my kids. There is a difference between it takes a village and the village by themselves raising your kid, because only thing you're there is for financial support. Your kids don't care about money. They want your presence. Um, They want you to be there. So that's very important. Um, Also being flexible, you know, understanding that I can't do it on my own. Like, I have to reach out and, and talk to other men that have uh, basically done what, where I'm, what I'm doing yeah. and say, Hey, you know, how, whether I use that situation and, and make it mine, but how did you deal with this situation? You know, we have to learn from the guys that have gone on basically our GPS is that the, the wisdom from the guys that uh, are ahead of us, those are, very important. Their wisdom can help us in so many ways. Even now, I don't feel like I know everything. I'll call and say, Hey man, what'd you think about this? Or, you know, was that right? Was it wrong? You know, whether I agree with it or not, just to hear another perception, uh, another perspective is, is always good because I want to constantly check myself to make sure that I'm being the best that I can be because I don't know, it. you know, and um, at the end of the day is, You pray on it, you know, and you just wake up and say, I I can't do everything right. But as long as I do right, I'm good. So, again, being present, you know, being there for your kids. You know, I I can't stress that part enough. You know, I spent years chasing, you know, wealth and and saying, you know, I'm going to buy my kids whatever. And all they wanted was for me to to be there. You know, hey, come to my game. So I had to learn as I got older how to balance, you know, all of that, how to balance making a living and, and balancing, you know, being there where, you know, you're, you're giving them the best of everything. So that right. at the end of the day, if, if you focus on one, you're going to lose in the, in the other one. So, so many different things that, that you know, we can continue to, and I think this this discussion needs to go on more and more uh, for young fathers right. that, that they understand, even fathers that, that are, you know, 10 year old teenagers, whatever, you know, we, we need to keep having this conversation because what I see now with a lot of kids is that their path is they don't respect themselves or their parents enough to respect anything outside of the home. It's, you know, this is what I want. I'm entitled to it, you know, whatever. So I think our young men are kind of hanging themselves out to dry because of what the perception they think uh, the world sees and and is giving. But the world's perception doesn't always work for us. Right. So, I have to understand that we have to move different. That we have to look at things different, and we have to prepare different to to be successful. So, again, you know, let's push to be the best we can be and be flexible in that that process.
7: Good stuff. Thank you,
0: Lonnie, go ahead, bring it on home, brother.
3: I agree with everything
1: that's been said. Um, couple of philosophies that I go by uh, control what you can and with within that control be intentional uh, I'm in, I'm intentional with everything that I do with the family I'm intentional with every action that I make um, I know all everything I do have a consequence so they understand that what they do have a consequence and and don't betray your words that's right you know if, if, I'm, if I'm saying something, and if I say I'm going to do something, then I make sure that I stand on 10 toes and I take care of business as, as needed. Oh,
0: Amen. Hey, I want to thank you, fellas. But I want to also uh, give you some wisdom to, you know, maybe guide your uh, your your peers also, young fellas. You know, uh, I'm sure if they're close to you, they come and tell you things, especially if it's a boy. If something is missing, if you know, uh, if a, a parent or a father has not been there like he was supposed to, or you know, fulfilled his respo- is fulfilling his responsibility the way that you expect him to. I posted something, and a lot of times we don't understand this until we men. But I posted this on the ASAP Elite page. It said, "Forgive your parents; they were learning." <laughs> oh.
7: Forgive your parents. They were learning to, you know, and that's good stuff right there. Coach Ben,
4: because, yep. you know,
7: and, 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 and I think that sums it all up. Right. Uh, because, you know, you heard coach Wheaton talk. first thing he said was there's, there's no manual for this. Right. And, and so what I hear from everybody is I, I hear one, you know, um, that being a father is it was, you're ordained by God. Right. And and there's no manual to it. Uh, learn from your mistakes. You know the thing is is that um, you, you you as you grow as a father, um, there's you know you're practicing right, and especially with your first child. You know I got it down a little bit by my second when I was I was a high. <laughs> and then you know uh, and then be intentional. And so if, if if you if you do those things that that these these amazing fathers that that blessed us with their uh, presence on this podcast uh, if, you, if you listen to what they said then I think I think you got a pretty good shot
0: yeah for sure
7: hey and just to add to that this isn't
0: just for young fathers coming up you know I'm a father you know everyone's a father but we don't get a chance to speak to other fathers that's people that's doing the same things that's responsible and, you know, carrying on, carry on a torch. So this is an opportunity for us also to learn from each other. Fellowship, you get what I'm saying? So I, I thank you for that. Also, you know, to put out in America that it's just not us five fathers. You get what I'm saying? That's doing the positive things in the community, raising our families and being who we are supposed to be and, you know, uh, taking care of our ordained responsibilities. It's millions of us, you know. Us as black men, we take this serious. You know, we walk with our heads held high. We take care of our responsibility, even though we fight from behind sometimes. You get what I'm saying? But we keep going. We keep going. So I just want to thank everyone for coming on this uh, on our platform, man, and this show uh, was necessary, and it was powerful. And it's a conversation that is not being had enough. That's right. So I want to thank you guys. Thank you. I look forward to reaching out to you again. Appreciate it.
2: Y'all take it easy, fellas.
3: Hey, appreciate no, you. Appreciate happy Father's you. Day, guys. You, guys.
2: Happy, happy, happy father's, father's Day to all you guys, man. God bless you. Father's hey, day, happy Father's
7: brother. Day to all the fathers out there listening. Yes, sir. Man, it was necessary. That was that was necessary. And you know, on a, on this Father's Day, yes, we, we definitely needed to talk about fathers being fathers. And and you know, and here's what I will say: is it's it's never too late. You know, regardless of what you have going on, uh, you know, with your son or your daughter, it's never too late to try to be there for your child.
0: No. Nope.
7: No, so, I mean you know God put them on this earth, and remember that they're God's child. They, they we're stewards over them. So we just so as Coach Wheaton said, I love how he said we're ordained. Ordained, you know. And so uh, you know that's what once that child comes in this in this world, God says, "Hey, take care of my child. Give him back to me." Yes, sir.
0: Well, I, like I said, I want you to be. Uh, I want to thank you for being you know the picture of the black father. In our communities, and, you know, uh, 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 raising the bar, man. Along with all these uh, gentlemen, you know, uh, like I say, along with Robert Penn Senior, you know, who taught me how to be a father, you know, who stuck it out, you know, despite you know himself and everything that he went through, and putting his dreams and goals to the side, being a single father to make sure that myself and my sisters, uh,
7: you know, were successful, and uh, pops thank you. Yeah, and man, I also want to thank you. You know what I'm saying? My boys look up to, to, to their um. You know what I'm saying? And if you weren't the father and the man that you are, they yeah. wouldn't love you like they do, man. So I appreciate you for all that you are, man. I appreciate you. Love you, man. Love you, too. Until next week, we'll see you later on HFP League.